Hello, my friends. Welcome again to Thinking on the PMP exam. And this is our fifth Agile episode. Over the past number of days, we've been talking about how to think on the PMP exam, how to tackle problems, how to break the problems down. And this is like a mental gymnasium of sorts to help you exercise your agile thinking muscles so that when you get into the exam, you see these questions, you're going to have a head start. You're going to have thought of some of these already. Today, we are going to be talking about some additional agile obstacles. And the first obstacle we're talking about is the team struggling with impediments. If a team is struggling with impediments, it's not to say the team cannot help themselves. Because one of the things I always say is that we hired adults and they can get stuff done. And while that is true, it is a different world chasing impediments down and resolving them. There's a difference between getting work done versus chasing impediments. And if you're working on actual deliverables, increments, then chasing down impediments, it could be a challenge because it could distract you and make you have to switch focus, leading to task switching and consequently low productivity because you already know that when you are task switching, what happens? You're not as productive, right? productivity goes down. So my recommendation for any team is to always have the servant leader go after the ball, chase the impediments and help you. And that's one of the things that PMI talks about in the Agile Practice Guide. A servant leader can help clear obstacles. If the team doesn't know the options they have, should consider a coach and sometimes the team needs to escalate stories that the team or servant leader has not been able to remove. I would recommend again using the power of team thinking where you as a servant leader are stumped and even you don't know what to do then leverage the power of the team but in instances where you're able to rationalize find the problem, identify the root cause, and generate alternatives of going after the impediment, well, choose the best one and go after it. But one of the things PMI tells us is, as a student studying for the PMP, you've got to think about impediment prioritization. So you've got to ask the question, is it an impediment, an obstacle, or a blocker? What is the difference? An impediment slows you down. It may not stop you completely. An obstacle does not stop you completely if you choose to go over it or around it. But when it comes to a blocker, a blocker has stopped you and you are unable to move. As though paralyzed, you are unable to move beyond where you are. And it's a very bad place to be because it leads to a whole lot of time wasting. Time is wasted. Productivity goes down. Just not good overall. So my recommendation is to prioritize the big, hairy, audacious impediments, the bad ones that absolutely keep you stopped in your traps. 
tracks, the ones that block you, definitely go after those first. And those that are not as severe, you can go after those next. Right? So that's how you would deal with obstacles and blockers in the way of the team. In the same token, when it comes to work delays and overruns due to insufficiently refined product backlog items, then this is definitely one we want the product owner to work together with the end user, with the stakeholders. Don't just allow the stakeholders to work in isolation, but have a product owner and capable individuals working to craft that story or whatever it is. It's important that the product owner and the team create what we call a definition of ready. This is not a one-man show, but this is where the team decides what is our definition of ready. Definition of ready refers to certain properties of a story or a request that must be inherent before we can say that user story can be worked on. That user story is ready to be worked on. The most popular of them in Agile space is called the INVEST acronym. And INVEST stands for Independent, Negotiable, Valuable, Estimable, Small, and Testable. What does that mean? A user story should be independent of all others. It should be negotiable, not a hardcore request for requirements. It should be valuable to the end user. It should also be vertical, cutting across the different layers of functionality for it to make enough sense for us to do that thing, right? So it should be vertical and it should be estimable. So it should, we should be able to estimate it. It should be small enough to fit within a sprint. And last but not least, it should be testable. We should be able to test it. And that forms the INVEST acronym, which is a good guide as far as the definition of READY. Some teams could go outside of this and create their own additional variables or just ignore the INVEST acronym. But whatever the case, the definition of ready, in my mind, is a good way of you dealing with ambiguous stories. Because if you obey the definition of ready in your story writing, you know, and in your get into sprint planning, then you won't get into the sprint and the work within it, you know, going into the actual work you're doing, you won't get into that without giving each story really good thought okay so as far as the product owner they should have team workshops story writing workshops create the definition of ready and when in doubt when you got a, a big old story that is unable to fit within a sprint when you really think of it you got to break it down into smaller pieces okay all right, and that will help 
the team cut out whatever delays they might be facing. Okay, let's go to another point now. Another point of difficulty that teams face is defects. Just having a defect. Contrary to what people think, stories are not the only things that go on the backlog. In your backlog, you could have epics, features, stories, technical debt, and even defects. See, you might choose to put these on your backlog. And it's for a reason. It's because we want to ensure that they're taken care of because defects are bad. They go against the grain of lean. So we don't, we don't want to entertain defects and keep them unsolved. We need to, we need to solve the problem. We need to fix the defects. So we put them on the product backlog so that they're in full view. So you consider some of the practices that work for the environment. Some possibilities could be pair work. Like if you got a defect that needs to be fixed, maybe you could work together with someone else on the team. You could also consider just mobbing or swarming. And there's a difference. When you mob, you're all gathered around one machine, one terminal, as it were, coming up with a solution. When you swarm, you are attacking the problem as well, but you're doing it from your individual terminal. So mobbing and swarming are two of the practices that might work well depending on whatever you're working on. We also, in the world of Agile, talk about collective code ownership. And there's a method to it, but the general idea is everyone owns the code. It's not just one person. Pervasive testing, talking about test-driven development, automated testing, uh, and having a very robust definition of done. These are all things that can help reduce or fix when defects are realized on a project. What about the problem of work not being completed? If you've ever been on a scrum team and the team is going from week to week, sprint to sprint, and there's always work undone, there's always an excuse for the work not getting done. Well, maybe that's a sign. Not only is a team taking on more than they can chew, but perhaps the team is not being sincere or not being mindful enough of their capacity and their average velocity. Because if you understand velocity and capacity, you will actually avoid committing to stuff that you know very well you're not going to be able to get done. 
you know, oh, at least you'll stay within the safe zone, you know. So as far as the team is concerned, again, having a very good definition of done for the stories, uh, a definition of done for the increment, I beg your pardon, because there's a difference between definition of done and acceptance criteria. Definition of done is for the entire increment and acceptance criteria is for the individual stories. So I should say the team needs to have a very solid definition of done for the increment and very solid acceptance criteria for the individual stories. And in addition to that, also have any other criteria for the project as a whole. As far as knowing when something is done and dusted. Okay. In closing, my friends, the last thing which I mentioned previously that is on the product backlog, or in the product backlog, if you will, is technical debt. It is also something that we want to keep an eye on. And what is technical debt? Or we should also say degraded code quality. If you've got poor quality, you've got technical debt, things that you should have fixed to perfection, but you didn't, and now it's unserviceable. It's like writing messy code. Is the code working? Yeah, the system is moving. The vehicle is moving, but if you look under the hood, you got a mess. You can't service it. That's an example of technical debt. And technical debt, you sacrifice quality for, for time, for speed. You're trying to speed up and speed up. So quality goes out of the window. It's not good. So technical debt can be avoided if we have a very solid idea of quality terminology, quality terms, if we're all on the same page regarding quality, because that's what it boils down to. It boils down to quality. So, some of the ways around this are refactoring. Refactoring just means cleaning up the code. We have agile modeling, which contains a number of practices from the world of agile. We have pervasive testing, automated code quality analysis, and as usual, the definition of done. So just keep that in mind, my friends, when it comes to technical debt. And there you have it, the end of our series for today. I hope all of this is making sense because, you know, Agile does not have a whole bunch of things. You don't have a ton of terminology, but you do have to work out the sensibilities and the reasoning behind the soft stuff. It's very human-focused, human interrelationship skills and all that kind of stuff. So just be aware of that, okay? I hope you found this to be helpful. Don't forget to hit like, subscribe, and share. Talk to you soon, and bye for now.